Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for All About Android is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode of All About Android is brought to you by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. For a free trial and 10% off your new account for six months, go to Squarespace.com and use the offer code ANDROID7. About Android episode 17, recorded on July 18th, 2011. This is your weekly source for all the news, hardware, and apps for the Android faithful. I'm Eileen Rivera. I'm Jason Howell. And I'm Ron Richards. Oh. Wow. It was a little quiet there. You My apologies. You yourself. Totally. And then Ron was like, pipe down. Wow. <laughs> I was like, really loud, and you were really quiet. Uh, I will uh, overcompensate for the rest of the show and mute myself, and uh, you can run the show today. How about that, Ron? Oh, yeah. Oh, Go for I'm it, Ron. I'm not prepared to do that. <laughs> uh, well, this week we're going to be t- discussing HTC's patent loss. Jason has the new Toshiba Thrive in-house. That's right. In the arena, we've got Find My Phone apps. And I've got a f- sob story to share and some success stories to share. Yeah, we got a decent amount of people pitching in on the Find My Phone apps because, I mean, well, yeah, I guess you have a story, but in order for me to review my app, like, I don't have a story. I haven't lost my phone yet, thankfully. So. But we have other people out there who have contributed and sent us emails and uh, responded to some G Plus posts that I've had. So um, we're going to share some of that um, to kind of prove that these apps work and why you should have them. In fact, I kind of think you need them all, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> all of them running concurrently. I'm just paranoid now because I've it's lost a, a phone. So now it, I'm like, oh, I need that app and no, this it's, one and this it's one. The wor- <laughs> we're going to get into it later, but that's the worst feeling in the world. It absolutely. I once I once lost a cell phone in a cab in New York City. This is ten years ago. So mm-hmm. before we had these apps that could help you find it, and it's just the worst. It's like this horrifying pit of your stomach feeling that you've oh, lost your phone for some absolutely. reason. Absolutely, I was yeah. sick for for days. Yeah, I for remember, months. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. It was awful. <laughs> I'm over it well, now. We'll, we'll talk more about it later. Yeah. But yeah, so. All right. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's jump right into uh, some news. Why not start there? That's what we normally do, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm, that didn't go very well. <laughs> hey. All right. So. <laughs> I can edit that. I'll go ahead and edit that. So, if you hadn't heard, uh, last Friday, actually, there was uh, a little bit of a, a, a settlement, or, or ruling, rather. The U.S. and International Trade Commission ruled uh, that HTC infringed on two Apple patents. Analysis of Apple's win revealed that the underlying infringing tech isn't necessarily attributed to HTC alone, though they were the ones that were ruled against in this case, uh, but likely to Android as a whole, uh, which is what the technology is based around specifically how Android implements something they call Linkify functionality. And what that does is it scans a chunk of data. So say you get a text message from somebody, it scans that chunk of data, detects the regex uh, matches to things like contacts, phone numbers that might be within there, addresses, URLs, things like that, that it can actually uh, then add a link to and kind of build usability around that. So if you get somebody you know sends you a text message with a phone number in there, the phone number is linked, you click that link and it automatically opens up your phone app and dials 
the number. Uh, that is specific. One of one of the main technologies that Apple won its patent uh, win on. So joining us yet again to discuss the potential ramifications of the story is patent attorney and blogger at litigatingapple.com, Matt McCary. Thank you so much for coming back so quickly uh, to the show to talk to us about this. Uh, you bet. Well, things have changed. Yeah, <laughs> have yeah. they? Because I know I was I was kind of going through uh, through this story and reading up on it, and I had to work really hard to make sure that I didn't ask the same types of questions this time <laughs> around. Uh, because I don't know, patent stories kind of seem to to carry with them the same uh, general implications. Uh, in this case, though, do you see this as being any more or less significant than the uh, than the Nortel auction story we talked about last week? Yeah, this is a. Uh you know, a lot of times we see these patents come through, even in the ITC, and um, there's much more hardware uh, claimed in the patents than you might think. So it tends, it tends to, I don't get too worked up over it when I do see something like this, but this one, at least one of the patents, is uh, pretty fundamental uh, to the, like, you explained it well. I mean, that's that's exactly what it does, and that, that is a, uh, a pure software feature. So, so in many respects, uh, this is targeting more kind of the fundamental OS feature than it is uh, some of these other patents, which might have been a hybrid between software and hardware. So it does potentially affect Google indirectly through its OEMs. Do you when I when I read about this, it's kind of like you know multi-touch, um, similar to multi-touch, anyways. Uh, creating links within text to me seems like something that's a little bit of a no-brainer on mobile platforms. It makes it extremely useful. It's it's all that I've known since I've moved to a smartphone. Of course, my first smartphone being an Android phone. Uh, and Apple filed for this patent. They filed for it way back in 1999. So it was obviously well in advance of Android uh, Android's existence. Do you think? Does something like this ruling target the method used uh, to detect and link to that data, or is it just the fact that it's happening in any capacity on the phone? Would you say? Well, it's uh, there. There, I think the patent was application was filed back in '96. It might have issued in '99. Oh, I see. Um, but the this patent has some kind of wonky hardware um, claims, but but there's a core two or three claims that have been found to be infringed, and, and they are really broad method claims focusing on basically the steps that the phone would perform to actually do what you just described. So so it's, it's a real broad method, um, and it doesn't get into specifics on how you'd have to do it. So in, potentially, now I still, it's still not gloom and doom, I don't think, because mm-hmm. as you've talked about, it's, it's early on. That's uh, the initial determination by the ITC's uh, administrative law judge. So there are still steps to go through before it actually becomes anything that HTC has to worry about even. So um, with that in mind, it is it is much different than, you know, and then some of these other patents we've seen in these other cases between Apple and Google OEMs. Mm-hmm. Okay, and HTC has kind of already said that they have ways to potentially work around this. Uh, if I'd like they to know need what to. those are, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, th- that that actually brought up a really interesting kind of question in my mind, which is just the fact that it, it really does look like this is, like you say, a uh, an implementation in the OS itself versus something that HTC is specifically doing. I was talking with Tom Merritt earlier from uh, Tech News Today show, and uh, you know, he he basically brought up the point that it's easier for Apple and probably more lucrative for Apple to go after the specific 
hand maker uh, uh, manufacturers and get them piecemeal. They're going to make a lot more money that way, and they're not going up against the behemoth that is Google. But in my mind, I'm just kind of thinking, you know, Google builds its uh, its share, you know, its uh, mind share and its business around these manufacturers. Uh, I'm just wondering why they don't get involved in order to help save the manufacturers of this case. Is there really anything that they could do to kind of put these at bay so they don't affect other manufacturers? Well, yeah, I don't know what's going on between Google and Apple behind the scenes, and I, I honestly, I don't have any reason to believe that anything's going on. Yeah. Um, really, you know, the, the key to the ITC proceeding, it, it's, it has two really key benefits. One is it's quick, and two, it allows you to get a ban on imports for products. And, and the reason HTC and Samsung and these other companies are being targeted and not Google is because these companies make products that are shipped into the U.S. Google doesn't. Google doesn't make a phone that that it ships in. And um, on the ITC side, you don't get damages at the ITC. It's just an injunction, essentially, on the products that are being imported. Mm -hmm. So there's a real good reason why Apple hasn't brought Google into it from that aspect. As far as federal court and damages, yeah, I think there's a, it's a lot easier to tie in uh, reasonable royalties and, and damage claims into a phone than somehow try to tie it into an OS that arguably doesn't uh, create a lot of revenue on its own. Sure. So um, as far as Google getting involved, you know, it's really hard to say. You know, they didn't make a statement that they would – they fully back their manufacturers, and um, I don't really know what that means. I don't know what you can do other than maybe jump in and fund the defenses or uh, somehow jump on board because they're, they're not a party to the suit. So, <clears throat> um, and they're not being threatened with suit that I know of. So they don't really have a they don't have really have a horse in the race. But yeah. ha- just to chi- I'm sorry, Jason. No, go for it. Chime in if if the if the patent is like you said on an OS, like a function of the OS, and w- it, doesn't that put some responsibility on Google because it's running Android, which is the OS they've developed, and it's kind of like HTC just is using Google's software. So why wouldn't Apple go after Google in that regard, and why go after the handset if it's purely a software patent? Well, it's not a, it's not purely a software patent. There are claims in the patent that are directed to the software. Um, they, like I said, the, the ITC doesn't – you have to actually focus on a product that's being imported because uh-huh. what happens is the custom agency is the one that actually stops these things from coming in. So you have to have a physical device. Google doesn't have that to target. Uh, federal court, that's a whole different thing, and, and maybe Apple's just wisely decide not to take on Google. You know, there's a, obviously that's that's uh, that's a big player. Not that HTC and Samsung aren't, uh, but it's it's a different sort of player, I, sh- I suppose. It's probably safe to say that uh, if they were ruled successfully here, which which they did against HTC, that they could probably pull this off against any manufacturer at this point. I mean, Samsung, we know that they're kind of in their crosshairs. Motorola, uh, probably right around the corner. I mean, it's probably safe to say that all these manufacturers are going to have to deal with this at some point, right? Yeah. Of the patents I've seen, this is the one that's caused me the most pause because I've seen these claims and and they are broad. Um, With that said, these claims are also in suit in other cases. I believe either the Motorola or Nokia case between uh, with Apple. Yeah. So there are a lot of invalidity arguments. I'm sure that are going around. People trying to invalidate these patents. So, so it's really early right now. This HTC ruling 
was problematic for HTC. Um, how it's gonna how it's gonna kind of flow into the other manufacturers and how it's gonna affect them is it's just really too early to say right now. Sure. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have a little fun with this. So. Um, Android threat level alert. Last, <laughs> da, da, da. Week, last week, we were kind of just dismissive, and I'm going to give you three colors, yellow, orange, and red being the worst. <laughs> I think last week we were at yellow. Are we in orange now, Matt? No. No, what's the color? Be- what's the color between orange and yellow? Orange. I only gave you three. Yorid. I was going to go green, blue, yellow, orange, red, give you five levels. But yeah, I need more. I need more of my need more levels? We need yeah. at least ten colors. In ten colors? Yeah. Oh, I'll come back. Next time you're on the show, I'll have more colors. It's way too about. definitive for an attorney. I have to have a little bit. Oh, man. <laughs> right so you're going to say in between. Yeah, it, it's, it's higher than it was um, last week, but uh, it, I still think it's way too early to, okay. to get too too worried about it yeah and we've got we've got some time they're, they're going to work their way through uh the kind of negotiations and and uh so I'm, I'm sure we have at least a year before we start seeing the the instant ramifications of this well we haven't even case. seen the itc's uh written ruling i don't believe i think it's been announced but the actual formal written opinion that you'll get from the administrative law judge mm-hmm. i don't believe anybody's seen that yet okay so you know, there's a lot of things that be taken into consideration here, and one of which is what you guys talked about with that S3 purchase by um, by HTC. You know, the, the timing of that was pretty convenient. So, you know, there's there's some there's some discussion out there on the web of whether or not that's going to be some. Uh, be used as a tool by HTC to try to get a cross license with Apple. Sure. Sounds like it might. Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us yet again. Uh, we really appreciate it. We'll, uh, I'm sure there will be plenty more bad stories and we'll probably be knocking on your door yet again. You bet. We'll, we'll hopefully the, the alert system, it'll go down a little bit here. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll finalize and, and get, get firm on what the uh, alert system actually is. Right. Uh, but you can, uh, you can find Matt McCary uh, at litigatingapple.com if you want to uh, find his writings there. Uh, a lot of posts are up. I know I, you had a post over the weekend as well. So, yeah, awesome. Well, thanks again, Matt. Really appreciate it. All right, thanks. All right. Well, that is that. Sounds like not entirely doom yeah. and gloom. So, should but, I have not sold my phone and bought an iPhone? Like, was that a mistake? <laughs> you read that, you were like, ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I just ran out to the Apple Store and I was just like, okay, fine, I, I give, I give. <laughs> I'd say no. Don't yeah. uh, oh, don't oh. succumb to peer pressure. The good thing is uh, you could probably sell the iPhone and uh, get right back into Android. I'm pretty confident <laughs> in that. I didn't actually buy an iPhone. I was kidding. Yeah. <laughs> just just kidding, clear. everybody. Don't yeah. don't. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Hey, piggybacking yeah, totally on the related. patent issue last week, um, uh, Google announced their uh, latest earnings report, and they beat the street estimates and had nine billion in revenue. Uh, Larry Page actually on his Google Plus account. You probably are following him. He put his notes all there. I'm just going to read a few notes to that. Um, he says, Android is on a tear. Um, and he says, despite the efforts of some of our competitors, there has, hasn't been any slowdown. Uh, we're really committed to Android, and we will support it in a cost-effective manner. Uh, and he also mentioned that there were 550,000 Android activations a day. That's a lot. 
Boom. Yeah. Come well, watch our show, everybody. You know, 550,000 <laughs> activations a day, that's not, absolutely nothing to sneeze at. What I wonder is what makes an activation. Is that an activation coming from the store when you, you know, when they fire up your phone for the first time? Is activation you just reset your OS because you installed a new ROM on it and you're going that's, through the opening mm. uh, process where you sync your accounts? I've got a, that's a uh, really good question. Considering how analytics-based Google is, I've got to, I've got to assume that they're counting, like the moment you get the phone and ask you to enter in your your right. gmail account and it syncs that's got to be the activation but yeah. like you said if you wipe a device and redo it but that's got to be statistical insignificance versus the number of people who are buying the handsets sure i would yeah. say the yeah. majority of people aren't rooting and roming their phones exactly. but, but i will tell you from my own personal experience if you're rooting and you're roming your phone and you're really into trying new roms and stuff i mean you could you could do that multiple times in a day trying well, this one syncing trying that one syncing so i, I mean not, i don't not, work at google but i've worked in product stuff and I would have to say that if I was setting that up I would count for each individual Gmail account uh, Google account that that an activation is associated with you only count it once Mm-hmm. You know, I imagine they have filters where they're de- they're deduping to see, you know, okay, be, this person yeah. activated the first time, but then they activated six more times. Clearly, they were rebooting their phone, do something like that. Still, only counted as one. I've got to imagine Google's on top of that, and we don't have a lot of duplicate number counting going on. It's yeah, it seems yeah. like it would be kind of a a little bit of a black eye if it was discovered yeah. that Google was touting this number and then they weren't taking that type yeah. of thing mm-hmm. into effect. So yeah, uh, we could probably assume that. Uh, and then finally, uh, Android three point two. Ron, you've got the details. <laughs> Yeah, so Android 3.2 was released uh, this past Friday, um, and it includes um, some interesting kind of updates. Uh, Optimizations around varying screen sizes, allowing uh, developers to better target the range of sizes on tablets, which is pretty cool. Um, It's got a fill screen mode for apps that aren't optimized for the larger screens, and so that way if you've got an application that was more phone optimized, you can make it fill to fill the entire screen, or you can zoom in so it looks right on a tablet, basically um, increasing the support of applications on the tablets as well. Um, also, they've uh, one thing that I'm pretty excited about is that uh, they've got media sync from the SD card that allows apps to pull in media directly from the removable SD card if you want to. Um, so you've got a removable storage, which is nice. Okay, um, I, I guess I understand that. When I first read this, I was like, okay, so what is that? Like, what is a real world example of that? But I guess it's you've got an SD card filled with, with 16 a, gigs of, of your music library. You can bring that bingo. along, pop it in, and bingo. have your music app. You have an SD, SD card filled with movies, and you want right. to swap out which ones you're going to watch, and then cool. your media player can play off the SD card, which is really, really cool. Um, but yeah, so uh, Motorola said they're rolling out this, the updates to Zooms, and I actually just got uh, the update right before the show started. Oh, nice. um, and, and so the immediate thing I looked at was, um, so this is an app, and I'm going to hold it up, and hopefully the reflection isn't too bad. But this is the MLB app. Uh, you can see my whole apartment. Look at that. Um, <laughs> but so that's the MLB app, and um, that's the screen. You can customize it for you the team you're interested in so in this case i'm looking at the the mets um the mets screen Mm -hmm. there you go and so down in the lower corner um on the status bar there's a little icon that's like four arrows that are kind of like zoom out Mm -hmm. and you can tap that and that allows you to choose stretch to fill screen or zoom to fill screen and what i had when i pulled it held it up now was the stretch to fill screen that's what it originally did but now that i can choose zoom to fill screen it actually fills out much wider you see and i can see the information there yeah that's great and it kind of scales it up so the 
before yep, exactly. before would the text have all been pretty small and oh it was tiny as hell but yeah now but the interesting thing is, is that um there still is like on the applications i've noticed the ones i've looked at there's th- there can be some text overlapping and formatting because the app isn't natively right. made to do this they're they're you know they're manipulating the application to fill the, t- the text area mm-hmm. so in this case i've got the box score of the ball game and they've got the line of the pitcher is overlapping with the scores so there are little quirks here and there but it does make these phone apps much more usable on the tablet on the so, bigger screen uh, yeah, yeah exactly kind of yeah. mirrors the the ipad has the uh, 2x feature that does kind of s- something similar and i mean really for for honeycomb in general this just makes a a whole bunch of apps that you could run but maybe they weren't yeah. as enjoyable to run on the tablet now it kind of makes them all fit from what i understand app makers don't have to make any changes to their apps if it's if it's a phone app for it to work in this way i wonder with you, with you saying that there's some overlapping if there's some uh some kind of uh, adjustments that they can make there to avoid that I wouldn't be surprised that there isn't some sort of dev update or dev spec that, that developers can do to, to make it as optimized as possible. But right. yeah, I mean, it's it's already, I mean, instantly it's already made that MLB app way much usable, may, may much way much more usable because now I can actually tap on words because they weren't so tiny on the screen and that totally. sort of thing. Um, and that was the one difference when you look at the iPad versus the Android tablets. Like on the iPad, I couldn't stand when you installed iPhone apps and you get that little box and I always zoomed them out. Um, and I thought it was neat that Android never gave you that little box that it just stretched them to fill a screen, but then a lot of the apps became near, not not totally unusable, but more difficult to use. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So, But then it's also interesting, we were talking before the show, I installed Google Plus on this tablet, and that stretches to fill the screen, and there's no Zoom option. Um, because there's no there's no tablet optimized Google Plus app yet, so I'm using the one for the phone on the tablet. But yet it doesn't for some reason it doesn't have the, the Zoom option. So yeah, I wonder why that is. Yeah, I think it's because considering it's such a new update, I think we'll see more updates to specific apps and people kind of falling in line and developers figure out how to handle it. Sure. But it's a neat it's a neat little adjustment. It's really easy to use, really easy to flip. Um, when you change the size, there's no lag; it just pops and it and it expands, and um, it's a pretty nice update. So, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's uh, get a couple of emails. We thought we'd uh, do some follow-ups from last week. Uh, we definitely got a lot of feedback about things that we talked about last week. First up, Sai uh, Wizam wrote in to say, uh, looks like Google Voice has some answers for the spam telemarketer email from our July 11th show, which is actually pretty cool. This uh, blog post came through the day after the episode, and uh, essentially what they are doing is um, they are allowing you to go into the calls tab of Google Voice settings and check global spam filtering. And that will allow you to have numbers uh, that are flagged as spam go directly to your spam folder without hitting your phone at all. So it can avoid kind of your recent calls list, which is what the emailer last week was was asking to do. So uh, it's as if they were listening to the show, do you think? (laughs) Uh, Probably not. Um, All right. So there's been a couple of changes I can't think of it right now, but you know, <laughs> stuff has happened after our show, and yeah, then like, the change hmm. happens. Like, hmm, were they listening Whoa. to us? <laughs> oh, I know we were complaining about. Oh, I don't know something about yeah. Android, whatever. And then Andy Rubin came out with something. I don't know. I like to think maybe oh, yeah, someone's I listening. That. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were totally listening to us. Totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah so. All right. Uh, next email actually uh, is from Brian, who wrote in following up on the whole uh, in-app purchases quandary. Um, if you have kids uh, using apps and being afraid to uh, make tons of purchases within the applications themselves, um, Brian points out there's an application uh, called App Protector Pro that's in the Android Marketplace for a dollar ninety-nine, and basically it allows you to password protect in-app purchases. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
so basically it's a great way to avoid uh, running up a big tab of buying you know virtual goods and things like that while your five year old just hits all over the the application. <laughs> Uh, so that's a good tip. And then um, apparently there was an app uh, that was called ZD Box. Yeah, I covered that on, yeah. I think, episode three, I believe. It was like an all-in-one utility app that also allowed you to protect password protect apps. So this is kind of like that feature uh, by itself, essentially. I can't be expected to remember every show. I know. <laughs> well, it's no. okay. I'll remember my apps if you remember yours. <laughs> fair enough, right. fair enough. No, but it's nice to see that there, there are options in there and that, 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 that problem of tapping away and making purchases, there's a little bit of protection. So if you're worried about that, check out App Protector Pro or ZD Box, and that way you can avoid those uh, running up those charges. Cool. Okay, and then the uh, last email um, is referring to our discussion on the Aces Transformer uh, and it was like an overwhelming number of emails yeah I I don't want to just credit Sean there was many other listeners who said you guys the Aces EPAD Transformer is less than the iPad yeah uh, and is not as expensive as what we were making it uh well, what we were saying last week. So, so we're correcting that right now. Yeah, I like it was not as expensive that we were making it out to be, as if we're trying to disparage the product or something. It's like, no, I don't know. That was yeah. a bad, poor choice of words. But, um, okay. So I, there's I will our go ahead and say it's, it's hard to keep track of all the price uh, points of all the of devices products. out there. We got that one wrong. Sorry. Yeah, there are there a lot go. of products we look at, all, especially these tablets. It's like, I feel like there's a new tablet every week, and I especially know. Asus, who puts out a lot of products out there. And so yeah, it happens. It's okay. That said, I still want to try the EPAD Transformer. I would love to try the yeah. EPAD Transformer. I mean, people that are that are a fan that have it, I mean, yeah. they swear by it. It's, Ab- just, it's one of those tablets that I keep hearing people, Oh they, yeah, they absolutely love the form We want to give it love. We just haven't tried it yet, but we will. Yeah. Eventually. We're, we'll get there we're one of these on days. It. We'll get there. Here All us, right. Asus. We're working on it. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, let's uh, take a quick break and uh, thank our sponsor, Squarespace.com, a fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. If you haven't used Squarespace, uh, I think we all have a Squarespace uh, website yeah, at this point, right? Yeah, you want to show my new one? I oh, made sure. it what using it? the code Android7. Yes. What is this? Nice. Uh, it is EileenTV.Squarespace.com. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and space. it was really easy to, to set up. It took me no time. And I, I haven't spent a lot of time with it. I only have one post. And then I put my Twitter account on there. I'm going to add some more things on the uh, right uh, column there. But it's pretty simple. Uh, uh, did, did I not get it? the right Eileen one? EileenTV.Squarespace. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I misspelled Squarespace oh. and I got a link farm. <laughs> I was like, whoa, you've got a... It's a oh, pretty no. pretty bad one too. It has like all these. Your site there, all right, I got it. I there got it. There it is. Look, I put a picture. It just said "Hello World," and feel free to comment. It's very easy, and I'll you know I think I'm gonna change up the header. Gonna add more tabs, um, and have fun with this. So, um, and I'm going to uh, import my uh, WordPress uh, blog here. And I know I've already done that with another site, and it's really really easy to do. Ron, what's your website? Uh, ronxo.com and that is where I post my monthly music mixes mm-hmm. and I also post uh, videos of bands I see live it was supposed to be my own personal blog and for some, and after four months went by and I realized the only thing I wrote about was music so now it's become my de facto music thing oh cool yeah. there you yeah. go 
And so Jason, you, that's your personal blog too, right? Yeah, I have a personal blog, uh, jasonhell.net. And I mean, the reason I chose Squarespace was because of just how easy it was to put it together. I didn't want to have to spend all this time, you know, managing uh, the website and using Dreamweaver to construct it, pretending like I knew how to design a web page when I actually didn't. It was a nightmare before. Squarespace actually just kind of allowed me to go in there. It's very kind of widgety in that you can you can find uh, objects and place them right on the page and you can, mm-hmm. you know, just drag and resize them, uh, shrink them, uh, change, you know, overall blanket uh, formatting for mm-hmm. your entire web page or even very specific parts. Like you have a box and you just want that one to be very different from everything else. Yep. You can make all those changes if you're into CSS and you really know how to kind of get in there and customize it. Uh, you can do that as well. It just makes everything really simple. It has all these uh, like social widgets like mm-hmm. Twitter um, and you can use those very creatively, either throw, showing your entire feed or taking your last one and featuring it. If you go to uh, saralane.com, she also has a uh, Squarespace uh, Mm -hmm. page. And using, I believe, the Squarespace Twitter widget, she's done this really cool thing where there's a like a speech bubble coming from her mouth and her latest tweet appears in the speech bubble. And it mm-hmm. just looks really slick. So Squarespace kind of allows you to do a lot of really visual enhancements to the page right. as well as just being powerful. Yeah. Uh, so it's very cool. Uh, you can get a free trial if you go to squarespace.com and use the uh, offer code Android7. Uh, again, that's squarespace.com, offer code Android7. No credit card is needed. Just try it out. Start uh, building your website. Then if you decide to purchase it, you use that and you get six months, 10% off of your account. So squarespace.com, use the offer code Android7 and... Uh, check out Squarespace. We all love it. I I think it's a fantastic service and I'm always stoked when I see it uh, come up on our screen as a sponsor. Yeah, thank you Squarespace. That's right. All right, let's move on to hardware. So speaking of tablets and how many tablets are there, this is one tablet that I'm looking forward to. Uh, Apparently there are rumors out there I don't even know that the rumors anymore. I'm pretty sure it's true. Amazon is planning to have a tablet computer out by October. And um, here's some of the specs that I'm reading. No camera, maybe around a $300 price point, which would be good. Nine-inch screen. Uh, and at the same time, Amazon does plan to introduce two updated versions of its black and white Kindle uh, in the third quarter. And uh, one of them will have a touch screen, which the models don't currently have. So uh, anybody takers? I'm going to get one. I, I Well, I, I don't want to wow. say I'm going to get one. and I have to know all the specs, but I'm I'm, oh, I'm rooting for them. You're going to get one. Who, I'm who rooting you, for them. I mean, I, I buy the, the, the music there. I yeah. buy the movies and the TV shows already there. My media is going to be there, right? So they've got the library. Um, I, the camera thing, I know some people, um, when I... Uh, put a link out on G plus about it. Some people are like, why do you need a camera? Well, there's some apps that you could use with the camera, you know, um, and barcode scanners and photo apps and things like that. It would be kind of useful. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that may be a drawback, but $300, if it's really around that price, 300, $350. That's a ridiculous price. I, price maybe point. that it's, won't be the reality. Yeah, it's hard Nine to inch say. Nine-inch screen, yeah. pretty, you know, it's a good size. Um, I'm excited by it. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I think behind Google, Amazon is like the number two brand that I have affinity to or loyalty mm. to. Mm-hmm. Um, I purchased all, I, I like, I purchased 
purchase all my music on Amazon. Um, really, then I upload it to Google Music, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, and I, I love what they I love what they've done with uh, with digital. You know, making digital files available. Yep. The Kindle Kindle app is amazing. Um, and the only thing that's kept me from wanting a Kindle has just been the the I don't like e ink and I don't like the the limited device. I want a device that's that's flexible. And you give me an Amazon device that's that's running Android as a tablet, I'm there. I mean, like I'm right there. Yeah, I think that you know, yeah. and no camera. Like I've yet to I've cam I've ta- you know tablets all over my apartment, and I've haven't used the camera on one of them yet. Yeah. So I think I can live without the camera personally. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just it's one of those things where all the other tablets have it. And so uh, if you all know. the other tablets are jumping off the Brooklyn Bridge, would you? Oh, Ron. <laughs> no, but but at three, you know, so like so with a nine-inch screen and a camera, like a, a front-facing and rear-facing camera, is that enough to add a hundred bucks to the price? I mean, does then then it, is it that much more? You know what I mean? Like all these trade-offs we make in terms of specs affect the 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 actual price of itself. Absolutely. You know, like the, mean, the Nook the Nook is two fifty is two hundred fifty dollars because it doesn't have a camera and it doesn't have a bunch of things that it's not as much of a processing power as the other tablets. I mean, you want you know these monster machines? They're gonna you're gonna it cost money so well and yeah. i also have a 8 megapixel camera on my phone so you know i'm, right. I'm good to go but uh that, you know i just like my options that's all i'm saying it'd be nice it'd be nice if google made chrome from phone to tablet like yeah. because if you had if you were like you were scanning a qr code or a barcode and you pulled up the page and you wanted to pull it up on your tablet that'd be cool if you can route the cameras read it. i'm sorry now i'm going out there but yeah oh i'm sure there's <laughs> going to be like wi-fi whatever yeah. um yeah. Ron, you bring up a really good point, though, is that because what I really think about what I've done with the Galaxy Tab or Mm -hmm. what I really do with the the tablets that I've kind of had a chance to review. Speaking of, I'll talk about one in in a second. Um, You're right. Like, do I ever take a picture? Tony, Tony, one of the editors upstairs uh, the other day asked me, how how well does your Galaxy Tab, you know, take pictures? I'm like, I, I don't know. I've taken like three pictures with it. Like. It's, I think it's it not the perfect app. Why? Why is it? it there seems I, to be no use case for me to be carrying the tablet around with me and then taking pictures with it. You know I, what I mean? I, I, I'm going to say because there's not a killer app for that camera, and when there is, then you're going to want one. No, that's but I don't think so. Yeah, that's a good point. I go to I go to a lot of events that have people taking photos, whether they're comic conventions or tech conferences or things like that. There are people taking pictures all over the place, and I remember I saw somebody with an iPad two taking a picture, and it was the most awkward, like trying to hold it and get it the right <laughs> angle and like it was just like I, I just sat, I just sat back and I watched it as these people tried to use the iPad to take a photo and I was like you know this isn't a photo taking device it's not you know, like it's I can understand, like if I did more video conferencing, like if I was using Skype and I want to sit on my couch and I want to talk to my sister or talk to my significant other. Or that's what I'm talk, talking about. People are going to be using yeah. Yeah. people are going to be using tablets for that kind of thing. And yeah. I'm just saying, why limit it? You know, yeah. on, fact, the, on now, its first release. Now I kind of want to do that. Now I want to. I want to <laughs> try that use case. So we use it for video conferencing and see if I can live without it or not. But yeah. is Skype is Skype available on the tablet or just the phone? Uh, good question. I haven't used it on my tablet. I haven't, no, you haven't. tried. Well, now I don't think it works so. on the tablet yet. Yeah, I don't, but yeah. I don't know. Mine's been dead. Somebody for in the a chat while, room so. will tell us here. Yeah. Now that we can zoom on the tablet, it seems like it would make sense. But anyway, yeah. But I, I think you, I mean, you're absolutely right. Is that there's no killer app for the camera where you haven't been like, aha, that's it. Even yeah. I mean, admittedly, even on the iPad, maybe FaceTime is. Oh, on you the can iPad. Skype using that though. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. and FaceTime. So yeah, FaceTime. I don't know. Um, just saying. Good points on both sides. I I think it would be. 
be good to have one. Sure. That's all. <laughs> well, speaking of tablets, um, a curiosity that, that I, I think is kind of, it's kind of interesting. Um, this uh, pictures and video of the Sony S1 and S2 tablets have emerged. Mm. And these are wacky. I Look like that dual screen, the, yeah, the clamshell well, so, thing. So that's that's the S2. The S2 is a, like a clamshell dual screen. And it's, um, uh, you know, this is kind of one of the first exposure I've seen of it. And it was just announced to be on AT&T. Um, a really kind of interesting clamshell, little thickness. It looks almost like a like a uh like a playstation if it's closed you know if it's yeah old. totally yeah um but also and these photos don't really uh just show it as well but if you show the s1 the s1 has like what they're calling like a magazine fold which is like mm. a grip along the top it's a little almost like imagine you know the samsung nexus s you know it's got that little bulge imagine that at the top of the tablet and then apparently the bottom's got like bumps and ridges to make it easier to hold on to yeah, um, if you do like a side perspective of it it almost looks yeah. like a long teardrop that's kind of yeah. the shape it's narrow at the bottom and a little bit wider and rounder yeah. at the top which is an interesting ergonomic kind of adjustment to make in terms of how you hold the tablet and all that sort of stuff um i, I the dual screen one i think is is crazy and awesome i think that's although it's surprisingly thick i mean it's kind of weird but um uh it's almost like a big ds nintendo ds so must. Um, but really kind of interesting and, and just to see what Sony's going to do. Um, these uh, the, the stuff that we took a look at wasn't final software, so I'm curious what the uh, software adjustments they'll make to account for the uh, for the dual screen is. Um, but the, the teardrop holding kind of thing, the, the report is that it's a little plasticky kind of feeling. It's kind of like, it reminds me of the, the, the comments we made about the Samsung Nexus S where it doesn't feel like as robust as the Motorola Zoom or the Samsung or whatever. Hmm. But Sony knows how to make consumer products. Like if this is the way to get tablets into the hands of, of the average buyer, maybe, you know, this could this could be the way to break through. So they certainly have a lot of mind share on this. When when we when I saw this in the lineup, I was certain we had talked about it before. Yeah. But that's only because it really makes an impression when you see these devices, uh, particularly the S two, where you're just like, Okay, that is different that really yeah. differentiates itself now you can see if you're watching the video yeah. you can kind of see the uh rounded kind of teardrop shape of the s1 um, and, and, and almost makes it almost makes it like a book or a mag like they, they yeah. made the comparison like a magazine like you get a little sure. uh, it, it uh, um it's lighter when you like as we see in the video when they're holding it in your hand it's lighter on the the tips of your fingers and it's more um it's thick inside the palm of your hand so it's easier to hold on to which is really kind of interesting i wonder if they did any research to back this design up yeah. you know, they must they must have so, yeah. so. Yeah. well interesting cool. stuff coming out of sony it. But then also interesting is uh, the Facebook phone, which uh, has the product name by HTC, which I got to give them credit for. This is a great product name. The HTC Status um, is out on multiple now. Multiple levels, yeah. <laughs> is out now on AT&T for forty nine ninety nine, and it's running Android two dot three dot three. It's running Gingerbread. It's got a five megapixel camera. It's got the whole HTC Sense stuff, um, and it's got a two point six inch touchscreen um, with about a four eighty by three twenty resolution, as you can see in the in the photo there. Uh, it's got a full keyboard on it as well so those facebook addicted people all 500 million of them or however many that are out there this could be the phone for you doesn't it look like a blackberry phone it looks just like this a black- is gonna be hot in i don't know universities high schools yep. 49.99 that's pretty cheap you yep. know what strikes me about this is it's a it looks like a blackberry and it's a, you know it's a vertical layout kind of a candy bar ish layout uh but 
the screen itself is total landscape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, on a screen that small, being landscape, like if you, t- if you turn your phone and you take it from vertical to horizontal, suddenly a lot of things become more difficult to use. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they've, wor- they've spent more time, and I don't know if this is necessarily you know, the, the case, but this is what it feels like. They've yeah. spent more time working on how it lays out in a vertical sense on a phone versus in a horizontal. And this screen is very small, so I, I wonder if that'll impede at all but uh but it's a different type of app or uh device i'm just really curious about the facebook integration and i mean and honestly that's it's i'm surprised it took this long for a phone that is like this is the facebook phone and because there are so many and again i always make the term normal people and i don't mean that disparagingly i just mean people like not like us who are you know into all the new technology and into all these sort of things and trying to you know trying google plus trying you know twitter trying facebook you know spreading ourselves so thin there are people out there who their interaction with the web much like aol 15 years ago is through facebook Mm-hmm. Like they go there, Facebook is their homepage and they go to Facebook and all their friends are there and they do all their posting and they put all the photos. So I'm really curious to see if those people embrace a phone like this, and like not just even the kids, but, you know, Facebook has got a huge demo of an, mm-hmm. you know, in the older marketplace, you know, like my mother's all over Facebook. Is this the phone for her? Um, Might be. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating. So yeah, it feels um, feels more like the uh, the the tween set uh, to yeah, me yeah, than, than, your mo- than your mother I, using the the. the I status. wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. I mean, admittedly, my mother has to learn that she has to keep the phone on in order to receive text messages, but. Uh, <laughs> We're baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> but um, but no, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, at AT and T and at that price point, you're going to see a lot of the kids and a lot of the, the tweens and college kids. But I wouldn't be surprised if the casual user grabs his phone and it's their entry point into the smartphone world. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, and to round out the hardware, um, I had a little uh, little gift drop on my lap uh, last oh my week, and it was such a surprise, but it was really cool to uh, get an email uh, saying, hey, would you like to spend a little time with the Toshiba Thrive tablet? Nice. And uh, that, I mean, it just recently released. It's just getting in the hands of people. And uh, so I actually have it right here. And I went ahead and put the, uh, <gasps> the little cellophane uh, cover for the screen. <laughs> screen back on a because it's not mine i feel like it needs to be there but b because there's so much connectivity around the edges of this that it's a really good way to kind of see where things are you've got your power button you've got your volume rocker those are kind of standard obviously a screen orientation or a screen rotation lock so if you want to lock it uh into you know like book mode uh that's easy to do a back cover lock uh so you can remove the battery s a full-size sd card slot which uh here it's up at the top and that's Full like size? Full, yeah, full-size SD. It's not a wow. mini SD, uh, which is a pretty cool feature of this. Like you were saying earlier, Ron, you know, removable media could go in there uh, very easily. You could do a lot with that. Mini USB port, HDMI port, USB port full-size uh, that you can plug right into it. Here, I'll get the latch off so you can kind of see that. It's a little hard to remove, but uh, there hmm. we go. Uh, onto the side, you've got, uh, you know, your standard headphone input. Uh, one of the things that I don't really care so much, it's got a dock connector at the bottom, but one of the things I don't care, care so much about is the charging facility or method, which is 
kind of like what you get in a laptop. Oh, it's, yeah. You know, it's a total big uh, power slug, um, two-piece power supply unit, which to me, my preference doesn't seem as convenient as what, what like the tab does, for instance, where it has, you know, a connector for the dock that is kind of a USB breakout, which you could plug into anything. In the, in this case, you know, it doesn't have that dual purpose. I guess you have the extra port if you need it, um, but, you know, it, re- it requires that, uh, that extra kind of bulky laptop style power supply but i'll go ahead and pull this off so you feel like it's brand new take a look at that and the power supply the power button up here uh at the top there's uh, these uh, these light readouts on the top one is power one is battery uh so you know when you're running out of battery you get an indicator and one is kind of the antennas that you're running uh, one thing that's not very intuitive is that the power button, you expect the power uh, button to be lined up right with the power light, and it's not. And on top of that, these buttons here are totally flush with the bezel. So what I found is if you're using this in a dark environment, it's really hard. Like, it's next to impossible to feel for the button and turn it on. Like, I was I was up here pushing because you see the light there and you just want to push right there. It's actually over here. So it takes a little bit of training to, to really understand where you're pressing uh, in order to get things to pull up. Um, but... The screen, it's, I feel it's a little, I, I compared it side by side to my Galaxy Tab. I feel like it's a little washed out in comparison, but for the most part, it's a pretty good sharp uh, sharp screen to take a look at. The the uh, the sheet on top, I don't know, I'm not sure actually, I didn't, I didn't look to see if it's Gorilla Glass, but there's something about the feel of it that's a little different than a lot of the devices that I've used. The Gorilla Glass has this very glassy feel. This kind of feels like you're dragging your finger across kind of something that's a little bit more plastic and less glass. So I found like I was playing a couple of games last night and I had to do a lot of finger tracking on it and almost to the point to where my finger was sticking like, you know, like rubbing too hard onto the plastic whereas on the glass it would kind of glide a little bit more. But I think that's kind of a, a very minor minor gripe on it. For the most part it's very responsive, very reactive. Uh, there is a little bit of Toshiba wear that's kind of installed into the device, this app place which, you know, is kind of its own app store as you can imagine and there really isn't a whole lot to be found there maybe they'll bulk that up at some point it doesn't look like it's loading um you've got a start start place which is like news book place where you can buy new uh buy books as well um but you know for the most part i think i think nowadays when you're talking about tablets that run honeycomb it's less about the underlying os because they're really all Honeycomb tablets are running a vanilla version of Honeycomb, so they're all going to be very similar. And Toshiba Thrive really kind of differentiates itself based on its form factor and its connectivity more than anything. If you see the back here, it's kind of rubberized, which uh, allows you to kind of grip it a little bit better. Um, I would say the downsides to this, though, is that it really kind of feels... Like it feels somewhat hollow. So when I'm holding on to it, I almost feel like I'm bending the back (laughs) by just holding on to it. And there's something about that hollowness when it's in your hand that kind of makes it feel a little bit less, I don't know, less durable. But, um, But I have no reason to expect that it isn't necessarily for just that very reason. I think the connectivity options also give it a little bit of its bulk and a little bit of its weight as well. I think in all reality, it's actually a little bit bulkier and minorly heavier than the Zoom. But the strange thing is it doesn't really feel like that. Like the Zoom felt heavier, and I don't know if it's a distribution of uh, of weight throughout the tablet that's different or what it is, um, but it definitely doesn't feel as 
as heavy as as my recollection of the Zoom uh, was. Uh, but you know, overall, I actually. I, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, th- there is one thing that's that's worthy, you know, worth mentioning at this point is that it's having some power supply issues. There's some uh, reports basically saying that um, where is that that these power bugs are happening where if it goes into a sleep mode for a certain period of time, it might never wake up. Oh no! And you have to do a hard restart in order to start it up again. And I hadn't had any of those issues until this afternoon when I tried to turn it on after it had been uh, rest you know in sleep mode all night and it wouldn't turn on i actually had to do a hard restart so it happened to me too uh hopefully toshiba is working on a fix that's going to be uh pushed out at some point but all in all i think it's an interesting form factor it brings something new to the table um i like the thinner tablets personally so i like it to be a little bit lighter and uh and everything but if you uh, check out the show notes at twit.tv slash AAA, you'll see a whole post that that I put into Google Plus and uh, just a number of supporters and people that, you know, got it and love it. People that got it that don't, you know, and don't really care for it as much and kind of what their reasoning is around that. And uh, I think it's it's a worth reading through if you're considering the Toshiba Thrive. And uh, I I don't know, Eileen, should I pass this your way so you can kind of get... Well, um, I would love to play with it, but I'm going to be gone this oh, week. Oh, right, Comic Con. Um, can I play with it next week? When do we have to return it? That's a good question. I, I don't know. <laughs> I would love to play. But with I haven't it, heard anything on either side, so okay. we'll just go ahead and say, yeah, sure. And okay, if- cool. I'll play with it next week. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Absolutely. I'm excited. So that's Toshiba Thrive. Uh, check it out. I guess I should mention the de- the specifics real quick. Eight gig is four twenty nine, four hundred twenty nine dollars. Sixteen gig is four seventy nine. Thirty two gig is 579 and that's a tagger 2 processor inside uh so it feels you know snappy like the tagger 2 tablets usually do so that is that uh what are we moving on to next apps apps jumping right into the apps here we go okay well first up um the big announcement last week well, one of the big announcements, Spotify has launched in the U.S., so those finally. of us here on this side of the world can finally try it. And uh, there are three tiers. There's free, there's an unlimited plan for $4.99, and premium music $9.99, which gets you the app. And that's what I'm going to show you today. So, um, I don't know. What do you guys think of Spotify so far? First of all, to connect to friends, you have to connect via Facebook. Um, and, uh, you know, I- I've played a little bit with it. I'm a big audio fan, and I've been using audio for the last six months um it's hard for me to think about switching i just you know i need that killer thing that'll say oh i'm gonna switch um uh and uh, the music quality on uh spotify is great uh you could scrabble to last fm um it does eat up a lot of data when you're streaming so be careful i'm going to show you the app right now and um first i'm going to start with the widget there here's the widget oh no okay and then I'm going to just open that up. And the first thing that you're going to see on the home page um, is your inbox, your library. I, now, I, I will say that I haven't played with this that much. I only launched um, or I only bought the premium uh, service the other day. So I haven't uh, done any sync with any of my tracks. Um, so and it's just stuff that's sourced within Spotify, Yes, essentially. that is correct. Not your own library. Right. So you see, pathetic, 71 tracks, and I've only starred one. There's my local music here, and I have some playlists. What's really cool is you could edit your playlist on the go on your on your, um, on your site. Now here, if I go to my summer 2011 um, playlist, 
and I see, oh, why is this not, um, it's it's not highlighted? Because it's a Beatles track, and I need to, they don't have uh, Beatles on their uh, library. That's I, I, iTunes, Apple only. So it so, matched that track from your library and, did. And, and said, well, we can't match this to anything in our library. You'll have to add it manually, Exactly. So I have to actually manually sync my device and put that song on my device in order for it to play on the Spotify app. Um, and then there's some other sections here. What's new? They give you some new albums to look at. Uh, top tracks. This is all the stuff that you see on the desktop version and even a feed. So, oh, my friend Dana loves this song by Col- Colby Calais. Uh, I don't see a lot of people um, in my feed. And I have a lot of people, who uh, friends who have signed up on Spotify. I don't know if that's just because... You know, they're just not using it or, or whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I'm noticing that that feed is, is pretty um, blank. Uh, searching, you have to be really sp- precise. If you, you know, spell it wrong, it's not going to find it for you. to say, did you mean this? Uh, which is fine. So let's see. I'm going to search. Um, oh, I've already did a search for Adele. And you got to search for them in the right um, places. Don't search for Adele in albums or tracks so they won't find it. Oh, there she is. And then uh, there you go. You could see like a little biography here. It's kind of nice. You know, I like the app, actually. It seem, it's really uh, it's a great UI. Uh, and more, you can just change your settings on how you want to sync over Wi-Fi, over 3G. I'm going to spend a little bit more time with it. I'm, you know, here, why don't I play a song, too? So you could, uh, oh, maybe I need to select a song first. One of the things I've really liked about Spotify from what I've seen in the mobile app is just the quality of the stream. It's not you know, it, it's pretty decent. If you're doing high yes. quality, it's 160K, which, I mean, a lot of people might might turn their nose up at if they're real audiophiles. But in the realm of, of these kinds of services, to be able to get that on an all-you-can-eat service uh, is pretty good. Yeah, well, I mean, that's one of the advantages of Spotify kind of over RDO. Even though RDO has been around for almost a year now, I guess, maybe. I don't know how long RDO has been around. But, but Spotify has been at it in, the, in Europe for years now. I mean, that's kind of, kind of like when Spotify became available here. I, kind of, I was a little snarky on Twitter. Pe- people saw me because, like, I had ac- I got access to this, like, two, maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, like, 08, 09, maybe. And, like, because I wanted to check it out because I was into music. And so I kind of saw it, and I shrugged. I'm like, okay, cool. And then, you know, and then I never really actively used it, even though I had an ac- I You're not supposed to. I should uh, Hypothetically, I had an account that worked over here. And, um, uh, <laughs> there we go. But yeah, and so and and the thing is, it's the same. It's the same argument that, or the same discussion. I think that we make with something like RDO or now Spotify versus something like you know Amazon Cloud or Google Music or local music. Is that you know like the app is really cool. It's got some cool social functions. Um, I do like the fact that Spotify the app scrabbles to Last FM, which seems like none of them do, which is not a surprise because Last FM is a British is based in the UK and so Spotify or Spotify's Europe. So they, there's some synergy there, but. Um, you know, again, it comes down to you're limited unless you sync your local music. You're limited by what's in their library, and if you can find holes, then it's not going to be the, the end all solution that you need or that you want. You know, so really, my only criticism is I like to use audio for music discovery, and I don't think the music yep. discovery on Spotify is good at all. I mean, usually when you go to an artist, it'll say, "Oh, these are similar artists," and there's a recommendation yep. tab and all of that stuff. When you go to an artist, it doesn't send you somewhere else that is someone similar or anything on Spotify yet. I'm not yep. saying that that won't happen, and I think in um, uh, Europe, uh, they have the radio functions, so yep. you could discover. So we don't have that here in the mm-hmm. U.S. Right. There's a whole so. bunch of things. Like I haven't looked at the, whether the app supports it or not, but I, 
I know also they have like collaborative playlists. So you can like set oh, up a playlist. there's no collaborative playlist yeah. here. No. So I mean like there, there's stuff that there's stuff in the desktop app that shows you the true power of what Spotify has and whether or not it get it trickles right. down to the to the to the Android app. Uh, it will remain to be seen. I can only assume eventually they will. Right. Um, that was one of the cool cool things about Spotify was the radio is the radio aspect and the social aspect of it that you can you know share playlists and publish them and things like that and which audio has as well but I think Spotify edges that out a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it's but it's still you know it's the thing is it's interesting because we're, everyone's like oh Spotify Spotify and it's it's a fully baked product it's been around for years it just happens to be now that they're finally made it available in the U S this, this is no different than and I'm sure a lot of our international uh, viewers or listeners will point out that yeah we've had this for a while mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah anyways it's available here and you know just wanted to show off the app for those of you who were interested. Cool. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. And finally, I'll get to this real quick because there isn't a whole lot to say about it. But uh, if you have heard, there is a new uh, Android market that has been released and uh, a new so version cool. of the Android market here. I'll yeah. launch it really quick. Um, the main thing to know here is that they officially announced the new version, uh, but it is they say it's rolling out in coming weeks, but there is a way to actually get the app right now if you want. I have a link to a Droid Life article actually here in the... Uh, in the show notes, I'll put up on the screen that you can update right now to 3.0.26 version of the Android market. And I mean, it's just they've they've completely redesigned the look and feel of it. It almost has a Windows Phone Seven tiles uh, look to it. it although I don't know, if, similar. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they meant to do that or not, or, or what the decisions were around that. But I don't mind it at all. I mean, it's it's super intuitive. It's relatively fast. Everything for the most part works the same as far as search is concerned and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it just looks a lot better, and uh, they've they've really format, formed this more around kind of discovery. Uh, again, you know, like top grossing is a column in here, top new paid, top new free. A lot of those changes that they brought to the web based version of the market, they've rolled into uh, the phone app itself. I guess the big the bigger question is, does this mean that I'm going to use the phone app? more than i did before i don't know i'll still probably use it when i think to use it and i don't have access to the desktop but for me the desktop version is by far and away the best way to search the android market it's just so easy it's the kind of thing that you use when you have to and it just it's when it's a nice app then it's that much better you know like it's kind of funny because when this came out i was looking at the previous incarnations of it and when the first android marketplace came out it's just amazing to see how far it's gone even before this release um so yeah i mean it's just when you're out on the road and you don't you can't get access to the desktop you're gonna have to use it so if it's a little better then that's great all right well should we uh just go right to the arena i think it's time yeah it's it's time to jump into the arena and see what it has in store to enter one lives android arena Last week, just a real quick, we talked about what was it? It was battery batteries. That's right, battery saving apps. You guys didn't like that so much. Well, well, I, some I, of you didn't. Some of you didn't. There were some success stories with people using some of our apps. Totally, well, mainly yours, Jason. Oh, okay. Well, that would uh, that would bear true actually if you look at the vote, yes. uh, the poll from last week. Battery saving apps, your favorite. Juice Defender wins with fifty four percent. Green Power in second place at eighteen percent, and Battery Foo with six percent i i keep drawing the stinkers man what's up with that 
I don't know, Ron. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I don't think I'm not. And I know I'm not going to win this week either. So it's, <laughs> are you sure? I'm positive. I'm positive. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I know a lot of people that use yours. Yeah. Uh, and man. I got some pity votes. So thank you, everybody, for Green Power pity votes. <laughs> I did. I got a few. So this week, we are actually going to talk about uh, apps that allow you to locate your phone. So should, I almost, should we almost start with Eileen's story. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking, yeah. let's start with Eileen's story. Maybe you could talk about your app first, uh, even though okay. we don't have it in the dock that way. I meant to switch it around. So why don't you go for it? <sighs> kind of embarrassed. I mean, I've, I've talked about it a little bit already, but um, God, I just, I've never lost a phone in my entire life until last March this year at South by Southwest. And Maybe I just shouldn't be carrying two phones. I don't know. But um, what well, happens yeah. to the best of us? Yeah, I lost it in a cab. And here's what happened. I followed it using my app Lookout on the map because you could do that. I had the free account. I didn't have the premium, unfortunately. Um, and then I uh, also was following it on Google Latitude because it was attached. That's one app we're not talking about today, but I think it's also kind of useful in, in this sort of find my phone Yeah, uh, it's not world. used specifically for that, but, but it could be. Yeah, I actually did use it for that one time and I found it in my car. But anyways, um, so I was tracking it on the map. And I was calling the cab company. I, I think this was just a result of not getting good service. Fine. Whatever. Uh, I was completely devastated at the time. And I'm calling the cab company. And I'm like, this, I see my phone. I have an app on it. It's not the first time they've heard of this issue, uh, apparently. But they couldn't call the particular cab. Now, I didn't have the cab number or the name of the person. And I had just gotten dropped off um, at my hotel. So this is really, really frustrating. Um, so I'm watching and watching it. And I know the battery's going to die soon. And I know that we're just going to lose, you know, if someone's going to steal it, they're going to wipe everything. Fine. And that's exactly what happened. Put in a police report, um, and, uh, you know, nothing happened yet. But, you know, at the time when I did, they said, well, this has happened before, you know. Oh, it's good that you have these kind of apps. Okay, great. So I thought I had a little bit of, you know, a, oh, my goodness, they might find my phone. Um, didn't happen. Um, now, I, uh, I'm just I'm chopping out a bunch here with this story because I, I did lose a phone. I never got it back. What's interesting is my app is Lookout, and you can use the, the app, um, the free service, or you could pay $2.99 uh, per month premium, which I do now because I'm completely um, afraid that I'm going to lose uh, this phone. And uh, what you get for the free service is that, um, let me see here really quick, you can't, you get your, uh, besides finding your phone, um, you find your phone, you can locate it on the map using uh, mylookout.com. And you can also use something called Scream. So when you log on, and I'll demonstrate this in a little bit, you when you log on to the website uh, with your account and you're looking for your phone, you can hit a button and it says, would you like to scream? And you, you just say yes. And then all of a sudden, it takes a little bit, so I'm going to log on right now and um, show you. Um, and then it just does this sort of alarm. And it's kind of good if you lose your um, yeah phone at home sure um just logging on really quick um and uh some other things that you get for free is you could do a uh, a backup of your pictures and contacts uh oh no i'm sorry uh contacts backup backup for the free service not for photos that's for the premium uh you can also restore your data with the free service um there's also an antivirus anti-malware anti-spyware um option here for the free service and it just every time you download an app it checks to see if the app is you know could possibly be something that you don't want to have on your phone um, 
And uh, then there's also some standard support. Now I'm going to go ahead and do the scream here so you guys can know what it sounds like and looks like. Plug so, your ears. Um, Jason, I don't know which um, uh, slide it is, but one of the slides you can actually see the button for scream on there. I actually had to Photoshop some of the screens because I didn't want to. <laughs> Phone numbers are on there. Um, Okay, so I am here. going to hit... It's a lot on this web. Yeah, oh, there, there it is. is. So, there, so there's locate, so you can locate it on the map if you um, lose your phone. And then there's also scream. So I'm going to hit that button right now. And it's going to take a few seconds. What's interesting, too, is when I lost my phone, um, you see there on the left-hand side, if you're looking on the, um, on the video, there's two Android bugs there. And one of them is my current phone that's on top. Here you go. Here's the scream. Oh, that is actually the scream. I was going to be like, wait, there's no fire truck going by my apartment. Can you Hang see on. It? Yeah, show this. There's That's the hilarious. I, th- I was like, wow, I've never heard an alarm, like a siren that loud. <laughs> and it's in vibrating, here. too. Okay, so I'm going to stop it, but that's... Please. I don't know how long it, it can go for, but... Okay, so that's one option for the free, um, and I know that there have been success stories. We'll read about it later. Okay, can we go back to that screen really yep. quick? So on the left-hand side, you'll see um, that's the phone uh, on, on the top, the, the bug Android on top, and on the bottom, there's another Android. There's the second phone. That is actually my lost phone with a new phone number. And I gave that phone number to the police, and um, I don't know. I think it's lost. I just I'm not oh, interesting. Gonna, yeah, but I have but the it's number permanently and I, tied to. Uh, yeah, well, how I, you have not called that number I yet is beyond call. me. I don't want to tip off. I don't want to. I don't know. Tip I'm just, off. I guess I'm, it was in March. I know, and I, I have totally a new call phone. Them and be like, really? you stole my phone. What's up with that? <laughs> but no, and but like, what if the person didn't st- st- um, steal the phone? It just got, yeah. you know, sold. But Right, so just tell them that you bought a stolen phone. Like, I, you I don't know. You think I should call it? Uh, I mean, I guess, like, but, you know, no sense of crying over spilled milk enough time I know. has passed. That's the thing, I mean, clearly, right? the, clearly the police, I mean, and I don't mean to disparage police or anything like that, but it's not, this isn't a big enough crime to deal exactly. with. Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, it's, I know. There was a lot. It's that's bad that's, luck for you. Yeah, but. exactly. That's kind of my point in, yeah. in all of this. But I guess, I guess the, the bigger question is, can you wreak havoc on them? Can you wipe the phone on them? That's what I'm talking about. Uh, I yeah. tried to wipe the phone. Now it says to me that, oh, um, you know, they might have disabled... Oh yeah, yeah, but for, they're still able to track. It. I have the phone number. It's just ah. that's so funny. There's so much you can do with the phone number. I mean, hypothetically, I'm just saying. I like- don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that I want to know the person on the other line. Uh-huh. What if it's a scary this criminal is, or something? This is, this is like scruples. I love it. This is like oh, this is like ethical dilemma. I know, right? I don't know. Yes, it shows the locate. Well, it shows the city of the phone. I'm looking at our chat room right now. It shows the city, but um, doesn't show you me. You don't get exact a street location. address, right? No, you have the phone no. Number, you can phone number. You can get the street address in like twenty in like ten minutes of that. <sighs> okay, so anyways, <laughs> you guys can write in, tell me what to do. Uh, in the premium service, you could lock the phone, prevent use of the device. You could also uh, remote wipe it, which I didn't have at the time. Um, but I had a lock screen and all that stuff, so hopefully, you know, I don't know. I'm, thankfully, nothing has happened yet. Also, with the premium service, you could back up your pictures, uh, which it just does automatically, which is really, really nice. Um, and there's a few other premium features that I really like. It is expensive, though. Um, you could transfer your data to your new phone with it, and um, 
you can block phishing and malicious websites apparently with the premium site which i haven't taken advantage of yet but so um, it's it's free to use but it's three bucks a month to, to use the, the premium service yes that's kind of like buying insurance it kind of is Almost. i know yeah. yeah and and because know that i have you know this sort of psychological issue now with losing my phone that's why i've paid for it do you feel do you feel safer that you pay for it you now? know it's one of those things where if i didn't pay for it i'm gonna lose the phone and if now that i'm paying for right. it right because you're it. doing something about it in advance it'll never happen that's yeah. what i think i think it's a great app and um you know you could back up whenever you want um it's it's very clear and easy to use and um yeah i'm 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 digging it and i've had it uh and i totally recommend it nice that's lookout Lookout. It's a very well-known kind of security app for the phone. I've heard a lot of really good reviews about it. So, uh, I'll go ahead and take the next one. Uh, this was actually it's it's a ninety-nine cent app called Seek Droid, and it was actually featured very recently on uh, on the Amazon uh, App Store as one of their free apps. And uh, when it came by, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll try it because I've not I don't have any of these installed on my phone. Yet and uh, why the heck not? That's the beauty of the Amazon free app thing. It's like, all right, I'll download it and see what it's all about. And it's actually pretty sweet. It's similar to the functions that Lookout has, um, but it, I would say it's maybe a little bit more uh, stripped down. It doesn't offer the full solution that Lookout does. Uh, so we'll go ahead and switch over here. Oh, let's see here. Let's see. All right. So Seek Droid, logging in. There's not a whole lot to look at when you're looking at the phone specifically. It's just basically, you know, a lot of setting up setting up uh, your device. You can, you know, register it or deactivate it so that Seek Droid isn't active on your phone at that particular time. Uh, push messaging registration. Um, if you're having trouble communicating with your device, um, you can enable things like uh, wiping the phone from seekdroid.com they have a website that you can log into and control uh, all of these wipe functions and and location functions but before your phone is taken it's good for you to go in here and and make these settings you know set your password that's used to access uh, seekdroid.com uh, enable the things that you want to have control over wiping do you want it to wipe just your phone but leave the SD card alone do you want it to wipe the SD card leave your phone alone or do you want it to just wipe everything uh, call history settings this I actually think is really cool it enables you to retrieve the recent calls from your phone so if it's taken and whoever it is has your phone is making phone calls you can pull back from the website uh the latest calls that have come through on the phone I'd show it, but it would show you all of my phone calls. Uh, so just trust me <laughs> that it works. Um, but okay, so here is the SeekDroid website. That's that's basically all the setup that you do on your phone. It's uh, kind of very very specific in what it does. There's a locate button here. You you can see that there's a, a full Google Map that's constantly kind of you know checking in. Um, uh, on your whereabouts if i hit locate right now it'll attempt to locate last time was five hours ago and i'm pretty positive it's going to tell you i'm still in petaluma that's just a guess but you know we'll do it anyways just to see but uh, are you are you actually in it appears Jason? that i am <laughs> and it's accurate within 2176 meters so wow. uh so it shows me in in petaluma so that's nifty you can get that uh that reading uh, you can get it on GPS. It would be very accurate. You can get it on Wi-Fi. It would be a little less accurate. Depends on how you have it set up. Um, if you, it also has an alarm function like Lookout. If I click alarm, it'll actually display a message on the phone. So I'll go ahead and click send. And there we Here's go. Yours. Boom! That was quick. <laughs> 
gotta say, and I get a little message on my phone that says, "Please help me find my owner." <laughs> That's so, so cute. So this is like this is like you you dropped it in your couch. I'll silence that. You dropped it in your couch, or you left it at your seat at the theater, or something like that. Mm. And this is a way for you to kind of signal you know to someone to help you out. I don't know if this is necessarily a way to get somebody that stole your phone busted. I don't think it's really going to do anything except make people think he has a you know they have a an annoying ringtone. Um, cell phone info is what you can do to pull back your recent calls. It pulls back your serial number, uh, a bunch of identifying uh, details about your phone, and it pings for it at that point. So, uh, you know, if there have been new calls in the last 24 hours, it'll get the most current uh, information there. Uh, in the advanced column, you've got hide. And what hide does is there's no real way, from what I understand, there's no real way for seek droid to hide itself from your app drawer entirely it's always going to be within your app drawer uh in or just installed on your phone obviously in order to work it's always going to be there but what they can do is they can kind of hide it from you so from what i understand if you go into the market if let's say i stole this phone and i go into the market and i notice that seek droid is on there and i try and uninstall it it's going to look like it uninstalled but what's actually happened is seek droid has done whatever its magic is to hide the app so it's still running but it's not actually uh there it looks like you've completed an uninstall when in fact you haven't so that's that's kind of nifty. Uh, there's a lock feature, of course, that you can click uh, to lock the phone up. And, you know, I, I think when you click that, oh, no, it's locked. Uh, it, no, it's, it's OK. Uh, but you enter, you know, a lock code, you confirm it. And then I would be the only one that would know that code in a perfect world. I'd finally retrieve my phone and actually be able to unlock it. And then finally, there's your wipe option. And this ties directly into how you have the phone set up, uh, you know, whether you want it to wipe everything or just your phone or just your SD card. Um, so it's a little bit, like I said, a little bit more stripped down. Um, one thing that I that I learned through this experience, and it's detailed in their FAQ and actually makes a lot of sense, actually in a strange way ties into last week's episode about battery management. And I was looking for a way to remotely activate GPS because I was thinking I don't keep GPS on my phone, on, on my phone, because in my mind I'm saving battery life. Um, so I want a way through this website to say activate gps so that i get a more specific location in the tracking feature and apparently that's an option that seek droid used to have it doesn't have it anymore because in 2.3.3 i believe it is google removed the ability for app makers to do that because they're dispelling the myth and i totally fell for it and i think i even said it on last week's episode that when you hit the gps button on your your power widget or in your settings here i'll show you so when you hit this GPS button, you're not actually turning on an antenna. It's not actually consuming any more battery power from your device than if it's on or off. All it's doing is setting a permission for apps that can then use that permission to determine whether they activate uh, services that use that GPS antenna or not. So it's not but that. that you're to- but that still affects your battery, though. Well, it does, but yeah. it, but it changes how you use that button. If you're very specific about the apps that you have installed, and you know that you have apps that aren't going to just you know up and and take that gps signal all the time every 15 minutes to do it then you know maybe maybe you don't have to have that deactivated because i got to tell you it's really nice when you open navigation 
to just have GPS working for you when yeah, you need I, it, you know? And, and that, that's, I mean, it's funny because I, I read up the same thing about my app, which I'm going to talk about in a second. I found the same thing that you couldn't enable or disable GPS, and I did this exact same research you found. Uh-huh. And But the thing is that, like, in part, probably it's because I have location turned on in the Twitter app, and that's probably the culprit. Um, but I've noticed a distinct difference in my battery life when I turn GPS off. Yeah. Because it, and understanding that it's not a physical turning on or off of the broadcast, but it's the limiting the access to the GPS signal because they're never GPS signals are always on on cell phones even non smartphones they're just always on Um, but yeah so it's an important distinction to make but it's kind of mind blowing when you when you sit down and think about it you're like oh right Mm -hmm. so you're right it's much more on the app level so totally totally Uh, that's really it again that that app is uh, Seek Droid and uh, I you know I think for ninety nine cents. Uh, it's it's ridiculously inexpensive. You're not paying a monthly fee for it, and it's doing some really basic, useful features for finding your phone, which is what this is all about. So uh, I'm totally going to keep it installed. I don't I don't feel like there's any reason for me to remove it. I like the the peace of mind, like you said. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that's it. Seek Droid. I'm going to put that on my. No, I actually have it already. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm paranoid now, so yeah, I have it you all. Got a ball. You like ninety ninety find my phone apps yep. running on your phone. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's, never and a it. one hour battery life for some reason. Yeah. I know. <laughs> All right, Ron, what's your app? All right, so um, so I pulled. Uh, admittedly, my disclaimer is I'm I'm very busy because I'm prepping for Comic Con. So <laughs> oh man, here come the excuses. So, so that said, <laughs> um, when we when we were doing this, I just asked Jason and Eileen. I'm like, what app do you want me to do? And they said, do Where's My Droid? We've got a lot of feedback for it. So I looked at Where's My Droid. Normally, I would have preferred to do a little more research and find the app that I felt was right for me. Um, but that said, Where's My Droid had a pretty good pedigree. I mean, it's got mm-hmm. over fifty five thousand ratings. It's got over between five million and ten million installs. And if you look at all the comments, everybody speaks glowingly of it. It's got a four point seven in the marketplace and. I think I know why. It's because people who have installed this app never try anything else. And they don't know they don't know what they're missing out on because I was terribly unimpressed by where's my drug. Um, <laughs> essentially what it is is that um, it's, it's, it's a clever application um, it, just so you know there's no, it doesn't look like there's any company behind it it looks like one of those developer project applications where a dude wrote it and has got people supporting it they're donating it um, one thing I actually found really annoying was that when you load the app the first time um, there yes. comes up with a message from our partners mm-hmm. and like it's kind of a push to like you know like it's basically it's, he's making money that way it's ad supported but it was kind of like and I I don't know why it's not happening on your phone, but it happens yeah, no, on my phone. I, I, I think I know yeah. thanks it, and it yeah, officially yeah. went away. But I, I think once you know thanks it, it goes away. But I was yeah. like, oh, that's kind of skeevy. But anyway, but so the way it works is that it's it's um, you set up a various you set up different um, words or like passwords on your phone for different functions. So you can set up a word for um, finding your phone. You set up a word for GPS location. Uh, you set up a password to protect it from un- unauthorized app changes, um, and then you can utilize that word to track the phone. So so, for example, if I lost my phone and I know my password is goldfish, if I text my phone from any other phone with that word, it will make the phone ring so you can find it. So if you lose in your apartment, it's that sort of thing. Oh, I um, if I have another word set up – and the, by the way, these aren't the words I'm using on my phone, so don't get clever or anything like that. Um, <laughs> but if, you know, but if, if I use the word tablet – 
to text to my phone and it will then send a text back to the phone that you sent the text from with your GPS location if GPS is turned on. If GPS is not turned on, it'll give you the approximate location based on the cell coverage, that sort of thing. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But it'll also send you not only just the lat long uh, of your GPS location, but it'll send you a link to Google Maps um, so that so you can find your phone that way. Um, you don't need to use it just by text messaging. You can set up to uh, have it respond by email. So you can set it up so that you can email your phone, which is essentially sending a text message from email to your phone with your password, and then it will send back the response. Um, so it's a very simple, almost binary kind of aspect of doing it. It's like, I'm sending this word, give me back a response. I'm, you know, like, okay, I'm sending the password to make the phone ring. Okay, the phone rings. I'm sending the password to get the GPS location. Okay, I got the GPS location. Um, there is some beta, uh, beta functionality in the application right now to protect your SIM card, which is interesting. So that's pretty good for stolen phones in terms of people not being able to use your stuff. But again, it's in beta and it's not really, I didn't get a chance to fully test it. But beyond that, I was completely nonplussed because it admittedly it does what it says it does in that I can if I lost my phone I can send that text message it'll make it ring and then I can find it or if I lost my phone and I send that send the text message to get the GPS location I'll know where it is but I, I for me for what I want in one of these applications I want what you guys had and I want mm. a nice little screen interface I want a map I want to drill down I want right. to be able to control things from the application and this is just purely looks like a hobbyist kind of project um, it does what it promises to do, and so I can't knock it that way. If I had to rate it, I'd I'd probably rate it four stars because it, it's it's not not del- it's not not delivering on its promise, but it just doesn't do it in any elegant manner or form at all. Um, so yeah, that's I mean that's where's my droid. That's why so I get it. I mean it does what it does, and all these people have said that you know oh it's great I found my phone because I could use it this way, but there's there are better apps out there that do it better and nicer. Yeah, it seems yeah. it seems yeah. like it's more for the. I it fell on the cushion of my couch and I need to locate it more than it is for somebody stole it and I need to figure out who it is. And- well, yeah, but the thing is, it's trying to do that as well because it will give you the GPS location. Um, you can lock the phone. You know, you can uh, uh, keep unauthorized app changes. Um, so that's an important thing. So you can have some level of control of the phone, and then it does have that SIM card protection, which is in beta. Um, but yeah, ultimately at the end of the day, it's like I lost my phone on the couch. Make it ring. Right. Yeah. And the other thing too, which I thought was interesting, is that if it didn't have the email support, like I wouldn't be able to test it because I don't have another cell phone. I live by myself. Mm. I don't have. You know, what I mean, I'd have to call my buddy and say, "Hey, can you text this and do?" You know, like so. You know, while that's not that hard to find somebody with a phone to text for you, it's an added step of kind of annoyance. Or so I was kind of glad that it had the email function as well. So. Yeah. All right. But, so we got some emails and some responses um, from people who have uh, success, and I wanted to share a few with you. This is from Bradley. I'm a retired. Uh, I'm retired from Peoria, um, Arizona, and about two years ago, after twenty seven years, uh, but stayed on as a reserve officer. I have recovered two stolen vehicles in the last four months where the Android phone with the appropriate app had been left in the car. My recoveries involved where's my droid and lookout, and the vehicles were found unattended. This story was not about one of my recoveries, but it made the paper since it involved a robbery, and they were able to take the two suspects into custody. There's a link. Wow. Uh, there's a Google link. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's uh, mugshots of some guys. See, this is why I don't want to call my phone. I'm sorry, guys. I'm like, well, I don't want to. I've also been watching Breaking Bad a lot, so I'm just like, oh, I'm afraid. Oh, yeah, I don't want right. to talk. assume that it's a meth dealer. Oh, I don't like, know. It's I'm just not... afraid. Sorry. <laughs> I'm paranoid. I told you. Probably the taxi driver, honestly. 
Uh, but yeah, anyway, right. pe- pe- yeah. people used GPS tracking to locate the woman's cell phone, which was still in the car. 17 minutes later, officers found these guys with a stolen vehicle. The woman had an Android smartphone with an application called Lookout. The application, you know what that is. I showed it off to you. Both men were arrested on suspicion of armed robbery. Now, that's one uh, uh, email that we got. And here's another one from Rich. Hey, guys, great show. I have had Where's My Droid Lookout and Seek Droid when using Juice Defender or the like. Seek Droid has a clear advantage in that it waits more than three minutes. Yes, after five tries, Lookout finally located my phone. The issue is if... Juice Defender has shut down internet access. Oh, Lookout will not respond, and you must manually push the button to locate it until it is awake. Please let the folks know. I I think that's a really good uh, email. That is a very, very good email. Okay, here's another good one. Uh, This is from Jason. Hello, AAA team. My girlfriend is a flight attendant. Not this Jason. (laughs) My girlfriend is a flight attendant, and on a trip to El Salvador, her HTC Inspire was stolen from the plane. She complained to the security there, but they did not seem to care. She called me from her coworker's phone, and I logged into her Lookout account. I locked the phone and started... It's screaming. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, the best part was it's screaming from the pocket of one of the security guards who cleared the plane for customs. She got her phone back right away. I have a feeling nothing more uh, than ridicule from his peers as what the security guard received as punishment. That scream option is awesome. That's pretty cool. And Yeah, I have to agree. So those are just three samples, and I have a a ton more on um, uh, Google+. And thank you, everybody, for sharing. But there was a lot of people who used... it It was kind of all... All, all of the above. Yeah, totally. All of those apps have helped in one way or another, in one case or another. And, and so. actually, it's interesting because when you think about the three apps that we covered, they they hit three different price points. Yes. Uh, yeah. And they all, and it almost seems like those price points maybe to a certain extent justify those that, in comparison to the other ones. You know? That's a, per- a perfect point I, I, that I failed to make. I was going to say is that it's a free app, and you get what you pay for with Where's My Droid. It works. It's free. It does it down, but there are no bells and whistles, no added cool screaming stuff like that. And, right. you know, for me, honestly, Lookout seems to be the one I would go with. But. There's also another app called Plan B by Lookout. Um, and you can install it remotely from the web Android market. Um, I haven't used it myself, but I know that that's out there for, for the, I, I don't know. I'm not that I'm going to download every single app, but I, you know, I've got these. <laughs> you, might, you might just, Eileen. I'm so you down, you're, you're addicted to apps, I know. I know, and then I'm just going to have all the fine my iPhone apps. <laughs> That's right. All right, well, so th- those are the uh, Locate My Phone apps that we have on on tap today. Uh, you can vote as you can every week. Uh, go to, let's see here, it's poll.cm slash 119. Poll.cm slash 119, and let us know which is your favorite. Lookout, Seek Droid, or Where's My Droid? And, uh, yeah, just let us know. And, and, you know, you could feel free and, and send us an email to aaa at twit.tv and let us know if you have any stories to kind of coincide with these apps it sounds like sounds like any stories like coinciding with this particular type of app probably be pretty interesting yeah yeah (laughs) i totally agree and and, you know it's just you got to activate now don't just download you got to activate them and use them you know so i'm warning you guys i'm coming on strong in august with these with this whole polling thing (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna have apps that i can definitively win at least one week in august well i'll tell you one week that you're not going to be coming on strong that's next week because ron will be out uh so eileen and i we're we're gonna do a a games week we cover a couple of games games. each one or two games something 
something like that because you know we can't talk as long about games but maybe just kind of feature some games that we're playing and uh, see what you think about that so if you have any cool games that you're liking send us an email aaa at twit.tv as always uh, or leave us a voicemail 347 show aaa and uh yeah is that it I think that's did, it for the did show. We, did we make it? We made it. Whew. We did. All right. Well, so, Ron, uh, go ahead and plug. I hear you have some things on the, on the Yeah, tab. a couple of things. You know, as usual, everybody can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash ronxo. But if you're a comics fan, um, some app-related stuff that I've been doing in terms of the comics that I thought might interest the you know, about Android audience. Um, first off, you might know I work for a company called Graphically. We've got a, uh, iPhone, uh iOS app and as well as an Android app. Keep an eye out on Graphically on Twitter, twitter.com slash graphically. We're going to be making an announcement in the next couple of days. Some cool functionality being added to Android. Android that if you like to pay for things will make it easier for you. I'll let you read between the lines there. That's a little sneak preview for all of you. And then also um, uh, at San Diego Comic-Con this weekend, both Eileen and I are going to be there, right? It's going to be a good time. Um, I really like to eat. I do another podcast called The Taste of Comics about food and comics. And uh, the guys I do that podcast with, uh, C.B. Sibolsky, Philip Sablik, and uh, Russ Cundiff, we gathered together and we teamed up with Food Spotting and we created a guide to the San Diego Comic-Con on Food Spotting that you can follow. So if you're using the food spotting app on Android and you're taking pictures of your foods and doing that sort of thing, go to foodspotting.com slash iFanboy, follow iFanboy there, and then you can follow the San Diego eating guide. And you can, um, if you unlock, uh, if you take enough photos of the dishes we recommend, you can unlock a badge that you can get in your food spotting account, which is pretty cool. And if you find me or one of the other guys at the Comic-Con, we're going to be giving away food spotting t-shirts. So uh, we love food spotting. We love food. So definitely check it out. So. Uh, yeah. So that's why I'm wearing this shirt. Uh, for those of you who aren't uh, watching, I have a um, Mario and Luigi shirt, and it says Drains, and they're zombified. That's awesome. I'm going to try and that's wear this shirt. to the Walking Dead panel. So. You should. Yeah. It's my one of my yeah. Comic-Con shirts. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Plug. Oh, uh, Eileen, uh, at Eileen TV and on Google+. Plus. I do, it's not. I, I don't have. Which the, is just Eileen Rivera. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's several numbers, but yeah. I don't know. What go ahead. G, G plus dot two slash Eileen TV. Oh yeah, that oh, too. Yeah. That works too. Thanks. Awesome. <laughs> right. And I'm uh, at Raygun zero one on the Twitter and on Google plus as well. Jason Howell. So look for all of us there. Uh, in the meantime, that's it for this week. Three four seven show AAA. If you want to leave us a voicemail, send us an email at AAA at twit TV. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Android Show. Show notes can always be found at twit.tv slash AAA. And finally, you can catch us live every Monday, including next Monday from the new studio, 5 to 6 p.m. Pacific, well-ish, at live.twit.tv. That's it for this week, you guys. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you next week.